0: Welcome back, Beyonders, to Tabletop and Beyond. We are excited for you tonight. This is the winning war cry portion of the Tabletop and Beyond podcast. And we have two great hosts, uh, co-hosts with us tonight. I'm, of course, your host, Justin, but we've got Dan and uh newcomer to the show, first time on it, and apparently dispossessed aficionado, Matt. Matt, welcome to the show tonight.
1: Uh glad to be here. Yeah.
0: Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Glad Matt, you. you you play uh at the same in the same local area as Dan, right? Like you guys uh play together and play often, right? I assume.
1: Yeah, yeah. We play together mm-hmm. a lot.
0: Awesome. So uh please tell me that you beat him often.
2: I don't know about that. <laughs> was the often. last time we played? Because uh, I was playing my dwarves, my new dwarves. Oh yeah. And you were you were playing dispossessed and you won.
0: Oh, were these the uh, Vulcanite Firesteel or, or Flame Seeker? sorry, that you are playing?
2: Yeah. It oh. it all fell apart when I did the big, like, three actions and one dice, you know, like, move, move, attack with the stupid little baby Magma Droth. <sighs> and it did zero damage to a dwarf.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <And> then,
2: <laughs> like, move, move, attack, zero damage... And then, Matt, I think you killed it before it could do its regular attacks, didn't you? Yes,
1: that's correct. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I think it ran right into the Arcanaut Admiral and just got taken down.
0: Yeah, That's when you hear Morgan Freeman's voice narrated. It's like, that's when Dan knew he messed up. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, Matt, like I said, Matt, we are happy to have you here on the show with us. Uh, We are going to talk about... The uh, other two factions in Cities of Sigmar, the Darkling Covens and the Dispossessed. And um, I'm excited to get a, uh, get these done. As, I, as we mentioned before, I really, really like the reorganization of Cities of Sigmar within Warcry. And I know it's in broader AOS as well. But just the fact that we narrowed it down to two factions, it's not like pick and choose super buffet that it was before. Um, I think it makes a like a lot of people be able to wrap their heads around uh, cities of Sigmar way better than it used to. It takes up way less real estate in the PDFs than it used to. <laughs> you know, it was like a quarter of the cities or the the Sentinels of Order book. You know, it yep. seemed like so. Um, I'm excited to kind of dive dive in and see the other half because we did talk about the um, uh, the the main one. Uh, which is the Castellite hosts uh, last week. So, yeah, excited to get to it. But uh, first, let's talk about our hobby table. Dan, why don't you kick us off with your hobby table?
2: So I've been experimenting in painting purple and blue skin. I think you've got a picture of a ogre myrmidon do. that I um, am halfway through. But tonight, I am going to slap chop, hopefully finish it during this podcast, but I am going to slap chop like uh what is this 5 and 15 16 blood reavers i must be missing 4 of them i oh 17 blood reavers this one has no arms, 17 is a perfectly so round number to- 18 anyway i am going to be slap chopping 17 blood reavers tonight so that is my um hobby table for today and maybe i finish them by the end of the podcast i hope so
0: now, um, this purple that you have, I pulled up your Myrmidon down here. This purple that you have, yeah. this is what kind of the slap chop uh, of this? Or is this just like... No, um, this is uh,
2: doing layering and then a glaze okay. back down. So nice. Um, you can't get the... Well, I guess maybe you could. I don't know. Getting it to be like one color in the bottom. Because I wanted it to be kind of purple in the recesses and then blue in the highlights. And so it's kind of hard to do that with... Uh, with slap chopping you kind of have to spend a little bit more time on it i think
0: i agree i i agree with that um i think slap chop is great for things like blood reavers where you have 20 of for them 17 blood reavers yeah <laughs> you know but when you got like a bigger like model that really catches the eye for people like a myrmidon like i like to take mm-hmm. my time with it you know yeah so yeah very good very very good uh matt how's your hobby table what you working on
1: Uh, Right now I'm uh, painting up a, uh, uh, it's a Reaper Miniatures Warg, which I'm going to use as a Frost Saber because the Frost Saber uh, official model is terrible. It's, I think, GameStop Workshop's worst model that they currently sell.
0: (laughs) Oh, I don't know. I think the original Yeti is, like, up there for, like, worst model. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, before these new cool Yetis came out, the old one was pretty ugly. Yeah, so, but yeah, that the was the front, same the release. That process was first.
2: snow ogres. That was the same release. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Whoever
0: designed those hopefully may not be at Games Workshop still. So, oh, <laughs> or maybe that's rude. Groove. That's rude. Sorry, James. I apologize to Workshop. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, Matt, uh, they are uh, they are terribly ugly, that's and so I'm glad bad. you found a. I'm glad you found an alternative. Yeah, how many are you painting up?
1: Uh, Just just one to go with my Ogre Warband. I don't think more than one is a good idea, but just one fast guy to go harass little things. Mm
0: -hmm. And they harass, for sure. Those Frost Sabers, like, they're no joke. They're actually, in my opinion, some of the best beasts in the whole game Um, because they've got that extra bonus move that they can do, and they're just really fast. Really, really fast. So...
2: And Hrothgorn's like, an Icebrow Hunter. Can't he, like, buff them some way? I don't I don't remember. I don't play Hrothgorn, so I don't know. But I think he can. Nobody, like, most Hrothgorn players don't actually do this, but I think he can buff Frost Sabers with the
1: uh, with He the can. I don't hunter. play Hrothgorn, but we might take a look into it. But, yeah, he does have some kind of buff for them.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. Hrothgorn and, like, six Frost Sabers. Just like go, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, here's the thing: is like, who cares about treasure missions when you've killed them all, right? Like, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, how far into your ogres' warband are you?
1: Um, I've I've played them a lot. I'm just looking for more options.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. It's funny when people um, have a little bit more points than forty five for like an extra, you know, like a uh, knoblar here or there. They tend to think about frost sabers and like yetis, like those two things, because that I mean, both of them have some great abilities. Both of them can pack a punch, um, you know. So they're 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 good options.
2: Yeah. Matt won our narrative league with a ogre tyrant that had unstoppable rampager, which is oh, the, yikes. you get yeah. natural plus two attacks if you've made a move action.
0: Oh my gosh. That is ugly. It's really powerful. That's like
2: uh, a built-in yeah. brewgit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a like native brewgit. And but ogres have on the Maw path, so they can just get with their first move plus three. Yeah. are yeah. so gonna attack something.
0: Oh dude, no that thing what. is bad. I mean it's like six movement with that, or or do they have base three or base four movement? Base
1: four. So you yeah, so seven inches, inches
0: of move and then it, attack and die. Yeah.
1: And the tyrant has two inch reach, so mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It was just you know. slaughtering everyone's leader. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I bet Reaper was just like, run away save yourselves. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's funny. That's pr- that's pretty good. I actually um, did yeah. I lost
2: the I lost the battle. I actually had to keep um reminding myself that I'd lost it because I was so proud that I took down the tyrant that
0: I kept like
2: <laughs> telling people I'd won and then remembering, "Oh, wait, no, I actually did lose." <laughs> I just like, threw It was such
0: a moral victory, right? <laughs> I threw
2: two eels and a Nacleian king into the tyrant and i did kill it uh yes. but i lost the I lost the battle
0: that's funny that's funny that's cool uh, awesome well you'll have to show us some pics i don't know if you're in our discord for tabletop and beyond um and get on there uh, but I'm if you not. are well there is a link in this video for anybody who is interested in joining our discord and i can send you the link later uh matt mm-hmm. um but uh yeah, if you're watching this video right now, you go ahead and click on the link down below to join us in our Discord. We love talking Warcry in there. And uh, it's also, we have some amazing painters and hobbyists in our group. Like, um, they're, I don't know if you've seen some of those pictures in there, Dan, of the models that some of the people post. Like, there's some really mm-hmm. talented people. And I thought, like, I was decent at painting, but I feel like such a schlub when I see some of their stuff. I'm like, wow, they're really, really good you know I'm so i'm
2: generally upset that Warcraft players are getting better at painting as a group it's, very, yeah. it's
0: a <laughs> i know so, right you're like hmm,
2: i i don't like... seem
0: to be progressing as fast as the uh <laughs> as fast as the group is
2: <laughs> as the community as a whole yeah. yeah
0: yeah so uh but yeah it's a great place to post pictures of like your miniatures and your warbands and discuss lists and stuff like that so i uh, highly recommend it yeah um i am working on my quest or soul sworn um so the funny thing is is like me working on this quest or soul sworn is like it's literally the meme of like the guy looking at the girl as he's walking with his girlfriend you know like mm-hmm. i've got like the dominions like storm cast that i need to finish and they're like all half painted and they're just ready to go. But then I'm just like, oh, wow, look at these Questor Soul Sworn. I'll just paint them real quick. You know what I mean? Like, I'm finding yeah. a- any reason to paint those, like, finish painting those other ones. So I just need to get those done. But um, this is my Questor Soul Sworn. And um, I did some free hand on their cape. I wanted to... um Oh,
2: that looks great.
0: Yeah. Nice. So I wanted to do, like, a sunburst on them because, like, they... To me, like, there's these guys that travel, like, space and time. You know what I mean? Like, they're kind of, like, everywhere trying to save the universe type of thing. Sure. And, yeah, 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 And so um, I wanted to kind of paint this um, this guy. Now, the story behind it, I'm going to try to find the other picture because um, I tried to do it the first time. And when I did it, it did not look good at all. I was not happy with the results. And I literally just painted over it, and um, and was like, okay, like I'm starting all over completely. Here, let me show you this other one. Um, share screen. All right, here was my original attempt. Oops, no, let me let me share a better screen. Hold on. Oh. Here. Okay. Here was my original attempt. Okay. Yeah. So this was my original attempt at it. it. Yeah, look, I I painted this, and I'm like, this looks like freaking carnival pants. Yeah,
2: they're both
0: too <laughs> you know what I mean. I'm just like, mm-hmm. this looks like big top peewee. Like, ended up hitting my um my miniature, you know, like in in the worst <laughs> way possible. And I was just like, man. And this is one of those. This is one of those moments where it's like you stop painting for a week because you can't like figure out what the problem is. Do you know what I mean? And you're just like, I don't know, like, I don't know how to fix this. So I'm just not going to paint. And so like, oh, I wow. just didn't do yeah. anything until I started thinking about it. And then I ended up Googling, um, uh, destiny, like the video game, like the cloaks in destiny. Yeah. Um, cause they had some that had like sunbursts and different designs that I really liked and color schemes that I thought were really good too. And so um, I ended up seeing a couple of them and then I went back to the drawing board and I, you know, I ended up doing the new one, which again, I'll pull that up uh, real quick. And I think, I think it worked out way better, you know, yeah. so um, I went way darker with the blue and then I put like a kind of a cream and then like, you know, put the like a yellow yeah, right. yellow on it. So it didn't. It wasn't as stark, and it didn't seem as cartoony. Um, so, anyway, and I think the rays. I think the rays like emanate a little bit better on this cloak too. You know. So totally.
2: Um, yeah.
0: The fr- The thing there's is fewer is, of them, right?
2: They're, yeah. Exactly. Each one is wider, and yeah. so they kind of sell a little bit more. Yeah, I like that.
0: Yeah. So um, the rest of the miniatures, I'm keeping pretty simple. I just. I mean, I painted these bronze. I did a quick like little, um, highlights with some silver and, you know, I've got some black, uh, leather that's on them and then some silver buckling and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. like, just keeping them super simple. Like the highlight is their cloaks, you know? And then, so yeah. it's really, um, it takes me a little while to do the cloaks, but overall, like the miniatures don't take that long and there's only six of them. So, I hope to have them finished here by the end of the month since I'm going out of town at the end of this week but yeah by the end of this month I want to have that as my next warband finished. So, my goal, my goal for this year is to have one warband painted a month. And Whoa, last month I finished last month I finished my Jade Obelisk. This month, I'm hoping to finish this, uh, this uh, Quest for Soul Sworn. Next month, I want to take on the Black Talon that I have. Notice I'm choosing warbands that only have like six models, by the way. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. But anyway. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with how that uh, that kind of came out. And so I'm happy to get the – excited to get the, the, the rest of it done.
2: Nice.
0: So yeah, very good, very good. All right, well, let's talk about some news. Um, the our last episode, we mentioned the um, luminous realm lords and the uh, the. Um... <laughs> we, well, I don't know if we actually talked about them as much, Dan, um, with the luminous, because we I think we talked about how they were like the best they like when you accidentally mistake the Broadway troop for the actual troops. Did we, did we talk about that?
2: Oh, (laughs) I've heard. Okay. You did not talk about this with me, but I have heard people say that they give like AOS Harlequins energy. Is that oh, what they you
0: totally mean? have AOS Harlequins energy.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
0: but uh, but we were joking in our Discord. Oh man, I need to find this real quick then. Um, just to show you some pictures because some of these. Um, oh yeah, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Share my screen here.
2: Apologies to all the people on radio. <laughs> we had, I know we've been very visual tonight so far.
0: Um. Shoot, okay. Where? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so some of these lumineth, like this guy right here, looks Both like of
2: these two are big harlequins, right? Like this is yeah, yeah.
0: But I mean, I mean, it's like they've got like Broadway Jets versus Sharks energy too. Yeah, you know what I'm talking <laughs> about? Like it's that. like yeah, yeah. when you're a luminous, you're a luminous. You know, <laughs> like, I mean, like. This guy's like pizzazz. <laughs> Hell yeah, that could
2: you know? be a pretty cool. Um, Look at
0: this guy right here, for this,
2: like Blue Man Group. This,
0: this one right here is screaming like Z-za! Z-za! Mm-hmm. You know, so if you've ever seen the Saturday Night Live um, skit that they had with um, Norm Macdonald in the uh, and the like Jets versus Sharks, where they're just like a gang and then they just start dancing, and he's like, "What are you guys doing?" Like I, I thought of that exactly when I started seeing some of these models, you know. Like, and I, just, I heard start hearing Broadway music playing, you know. And so my my joke was like, when you called for troops, but well, you got the Broadway troop instead of the
2: normal ones. <laughs> I like them. I have been dared. I did not accept the dare, but I might do it anyway. Uh, to, um, if the little, if the smaller elves are spammable the suspender uh-huh. spam where you wear suspenders through the tournament that you bring suspender oh spam gosh. in
0: That's amazing. That would be fun. Yeah. I mean, these guys are all about those suspenders, aren't they?
2: Just half of them. But yeah, half of them are just like pure suspenders. That's all they I don't know.
0: Do. I think they're I think they all have suspenders. They're just under the armor. Okay, like,
2: but look suspenders at these under armor makes sense. Like armor is hard to keep on, like you've got to you know, you've got to hold it up, all of that.
0: See, like look, these guys all have suspenders, even though, like you can see the suspenders under this guy's armor this
2: one's here too. All I'm saying is with armor you need suspenders
0: 100%, Yeah. yeah yeah, but the the rest of the guys are just like, hey those look comfy (laughs) and what better way to keep my pants up in battle
2: yeah (laughs) (laughs) we don't believe in belts, although I think they have (laughs) suspenders and belts
0: Oh dear, oh. that's a faux pas. That's a faux. Wow. They do. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah. Oh, they oh, do.
0: yeah. oh no. And I bet they're wearing white after Labor Day too.
2: Oh, definitely. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That is white oh. helmets in midwinter for Caucasian elves. No good. <laughs>
0: Awesome. Well, yeah. So this was our this was our hot take when we when I was you know watching the LVO preview, um, mm-hmm. you know of the of the luminous realm lords. Did you guys like the night hunt models?
2: I do. I like the leader. I like. I the think Lo- it's cool. Like it's lot.
0: sucking energy out of this dude. You know. Yeah,
2: he's That's creepy. Cool. Um. I. Well,
0: yeah. I was going to say that um, I am a big night hunt player in AOS mm-hmm. and I had a whole like ton of hex rays. Right. And they had this yeah. whole thing on their like size that they would ride into battle with that had these little balls with smoke coming off of it. And it just looks mm. so stupid that I cut them off. Like, because it was just like, wait, why are these here? Like, it's mm-hmm. like, doesn't even make sense. Like it's, it's going to prevent you from cutting things you know like yeah. it didn't it just didn't make sense and so I, when i saw these i'm like oh great here come the balls and the smoke again but i mean <laughs> at least this is kind of like a mace staff thing you know
2: yeah that's more like a traditional flail which yeah um medieval nerd corner flails there is historical backing for them they appear in medieval like illuminated manuscripts and stuff we know that people used flails but they're the one medieval weapon that, um, like, HEMA enthusiasts or, like, you know, like, historical battle recreators, yeah. they just say they're completely worthless. They're, like, by far the worst weapon. You're more likely to hurt yourself than the enemy. Anyone who brought them into battle was just showing off. Um, yeah. Could, uh, it's very could you imagine you're,
0: like uh you know you like late for equipment handout day and it's like here's a spear here's a spear here's a glaive here's a sword you get the flail you know and you're like dang <laughs> it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i you know i like the i like the the flames that you can do with this and, um i don't know that i love the green and yellow flames on these mm-hmm. um but uh it'll be interesting. we haven't seen anything really about the rules, right?
2: No, true. Um, yeah. I'm interested if they've got some, I would hope, like some of the other fire war bands that they mm-hmm. just have a lot of damage that comes from abilities. Yeah. you know like scions of the flame, all of their abilities do damage. and like horns right. of Hasut, you know, have that broken flamethrower. Um, yeah. So I kind of hope that they're like a, you know, sixy, but can do real damage. Just like they do it with their dice kind of war band. That'd be kind of yeah. cool.
0: Uh, they're going to have to do something with them because night hunt right now sucks. And that makes my heart <sighs> hurt so bad when I say it, because I have literally three shells of night hunt models that would love to see the table. And I mm-hmm. love them, you know, and stuff like that. But they're just my wet noodles i mean there's a reason that we at nova open chose them to be staff bot you know like and we said i told jason he says what happens if we win and i said if we beat someone with this night hunt list that i made they deserve to get beat like it's (laughs) that bad (laughs) it was that bad (laughs) You know, so, um,
2: and you yeah. almost won a game at the end of the tournament, right? But you were playing against Daughters of Cain, which is yeah. like, yeah. yeah, it was
0: literally yeah. two wet noodles going after each other, you know? So, yeah, yeah, it's like trying to get a sword fight with pool noodles, you know? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, yeah, it's pretty good. The, um, other bit of news, it's not really war cry news, but it's stuff that I want to talk about is, um, we they just announced yesterday cities of Sigmar and Flesh Eater Colts courts bolster their ranks with new spearhead boxes. So these are kind of like the um Vanguard boxes that you saw, like in um you know, Warhammer 40k. They're not really a start collecting, but I guess they're sort of the new start collecting because they don't do those really anymore, you know. So, yeah. um these are your new start collecting boxes, and so, like for example, here's what you get in the um, uh, uh, cities of Sigmar box: you get a free guild marshal, five free guild cavaliers, um, ten free guild steel helms, and an iron great cannon. I don't know how much I love this for um, Warcry. Um, just cause there's not a lot of variety, like, yeah, sure. You get a free guild marshal on horse, but not a lot of people are going to be taking that anyway, uh, a lot of times. And then like, you only really need one horse in an army. So you don't really have need of the other four horses and you don't need the cannon. Right. So,
2: yeah.
0: um, you know, you do get some options with your, with your steel helms and stuff like that. But, um, I don't know if I love this box for Warcry, but it is a starting point. I will say that. It is a starting point for you, you know. Yeah, the
2: the Cavalier Marshal struggles for I mean, it's not terrible, but it doesn't have the fancy rune marks that all the synergies key off of. Right. Um and it has that thing so the the double that that, uh, that leader gets is um, you can do inspiring presence on a double, but only for other cavalry. So you right. can make the whole cavalry war band here um, if you want to. And I don't know anyone who's tried that or really wanted to try it, but but it, it exists, you know, if you think that inspiring presence on a double is something that you're really excited about. But I'm not sure. I guess it would be yeah. really good against, like, if your buddy runs all gun line stuff, like if your buddy plays Hunters of Huanchi and you're just like, right. okay, well, now I'm going to put my entire warband on top of you right on turn one. <laughs> um, right. Because there's not a lot of Alpha Strikes in Warcry. But
0: mm-hmm. uh,
2: otherwise, that's kind of tough. Because otherwise, I mean, Steel Helms are good, right? But yeah. um, I don't know. If, otherwise, like, if you wanted to compete with See the Sigmar, you'd probably just buy a box of steel helms.
0: I agree, and I, I just, I feel like um, you need a lot of the models that are in the command box as well, right? To really make a good kind of leadership, and so um, I don't know if that's a good. This is a good starting point, but it brings us to the next one, which is the Flesh Eater Quartz one. I think this one's not terrible, not terrible, um, because you get a Vargulf in it. And I know Vargals have been nerfed in the new recent thing, but they're still pretty nasty. Like, they're still pretty tough. Um, You get the um, Abhorrent Arch Regent. If you don't have that, that's a great one to have. Um, And you get 10 Crypt Guard and 3 Morbeg Knights, which the Morbeg Knights, their stats are pretty pretty tasty, in my opinion, too. Um, I think they've got some oomph there um, that you can definitely like. You could take this box and build a nice list out of this one right here, in my opinion. Um, it may not be the most competitive um, or the most like points efficient, but you could you could with this box have a table worthy warband and do pretty well, in my opinion.
2: All right, you yeah, heard it here so, first. Yeah. Um,
0: uh, Here's a question for you. How much do you think this box is gonna be? These boxes.
2: I do not claim to be a nodding I don't know. Matt, do you are you a nodding hamologist? Do you ever like try to predict these things?
1: No, I I, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah,
2: so same.
0: I'll throw out I'll throw out one of my predictions. Um, I was gonna say $99 or you know, like $95, $99, something like that, to keep it under 100 dollars and usually great. they'll right. like usually what they'll do is they'll like you add up the cost of like you know the your your baseline troops you add up the cost of like some of these elites right here and then they'll throw in like one of the other models that's essentially free and that's kind of how they've done their pricing that's how the start collecting was like the the FEC start collecting basically you got the terror guys for free like if you added up all the you know the the crypt and flayers and like all that stuff that you paid for right. Um, so I was going to say $99, but GW just keeps raising their prices. I bet this is going to be 120. And I, I think that that's too much for models, but I think, but I think, OGW has just been raising prices. And I mean, I've, I've seen some videos lately of them, like people saying like, are they starting to outprice themselves out of the market? You know, which I think is a fair question to ask. You know. I
2: don't think they're pricing themselves out of the market. I'm not sure what that means. So it's definitely like the kind of thing you see on the internet. But I don't. Yeah. I don't think they're doing that. But I do think it's it's probably going to be more expensive than you want it to be. I agree. Yeah. I would pay 120 because combat patrols have a little bit more stuff in them than this, unless you get a uh-huh. Space Marines one, and then they don't have anything in them. Um, and they're all 160 yeah uh before discounts but you know before retailer discounts and so you know like there's no way these will be as much as a combat patrol that'd be crazy right right um but i think they're going to be more than a hundred dollars unfortunately because like they're not going to be sixty dollars less than a combat patrol Right. So I guess I said I'm not a nodding homologist, but now here I am trying to guess.
1: Uh, so <laughs> I don't know. Suck you suck you in. me
2: in. <laughs> but I I think they're going to be expensive. I think 120 is the low end. I think I think maybe That's like $1. Because how much are vanguards? Are these more or less models than a vanguard? They're more, right?
0: Than a vanguard no, model? No, they're
2: less models. Yeah, they're,
0: they're less models.
2: They're less models. So um and Vanguards are 140. God, how cynical would that be if these came out at 140?
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what what the <laughs> Matt,
0: be. your reaction. Yeah, dude. That yeah. was yeah, like that that yeah. was my reaction when the new um when the new Warcry stuff came out, like the Vulcanite flame seekers and stuff, and they broke up the terrain so that now like if you got everything, it was like essentially like sixty dollars more expensive than it was if it was all in one box, mm-hmm. you know. And that was my reaction was, oh, you know.
2: And I think they sold more that way though, so I think they're going to keep know. doing it, right? Because I know people who just wanted the war bands, bought, yep. like people who would have not bought the box because it was too much stuff, bought like either the terrain or the war bands, yeah, um, and then the crazies like. got it all right we love them but they yeah ended up buying it all anyway so i think they made more money that way than they would have otherwise Um, they
0: probably they probably ended up producing less terrain because not everybody was like in love with the terrain and really wanted it you know um and uh you know there there's something about saying like i'm gonna pay 60 for a war band Versus $250 for it altogether. You know what I mean? Or, or whatever it is, you know? Yeah. And um, you're like, I just saved myself like $150, $160 by only getting this one warband that I was really in love with. And, you know, maybe if I'm filling the other ones later, I can pick those up, you know? So yeah. there's definitely a psychological aspect to that, too. Uh, You know, so anyway
2: cool because when push comes to shove you can just play with like random garbage around your house for terrain you know right like you can. exactly where um, it's a lot harder to do that with models i think
0: yeah yeah that's that's probably true um cool all right uh that's that's kind of the news that we got so let's get into um our our faction focus here and let's start with the Darkling Covens, because I, I want to kind of go over it, but none of us really, like, are super experts in this, and I don't, I don't know, like, Darkling Covens kind of fall on the same sort of plane of existence as, like, the, um, it's like the, uh, um, Canite shadow stalkers to me. You know what I mean? Where they're oh. like...
2: They're a lot better. Well, they're certainly like the same theme, but I think they're yeah. a lot better than Knight Shadow Stalkers. Do
0: you? Okay. Yeah, That's yeah. We'll get we'll get into
2: it a little bit. We'll try to we'll try to be quick and we'll try to get to the dwarves because I think the dwarves are awesome. Yeah. Um, but so, I think there's definitely yeah. more than there is for Shadow Stalkers.
0: Well, the good news for the uh, Darkling Covens is that they've got more hero options. Right, like then the shadow Soccer. Shadow stalkers only have the shrouded queen. Um, they got more hero options here. Couple are mounted, right, um, uh, and not like most of them are under 20 wounds. So they kind of, again, are on par with the um, kind of bespoke warbands that are out there, where your hero models are like between 18 to 25 model, you know, wounds or something. 22, 18 to 22 models or uh, wounds, sorry, per model. Um, are there any of these heroes that stand out to you, Dan or um,
2: Matt? Matt, do you have any? Because I can, I can go in first.
1: I I haven't looked at these guys much. Uh... It's all good.
2: All right. So, um, in terms of just pure numbers, I don't hate what the assassin is doing. Yep. yep. Um, 5-4, 2-4. 18 wounds is not as many as you'd want for 165 points, but it's not the worst thing you've ever seen. Um, But, Uh you know, just a thing that can... Toughness 3 is not a thing you see a ton of in the competitive meta, but when you're just playing around with people, you see plenty of Toughness 3 out there. And, like... A lot of destruction war bands have like little toughness, three grots around there, 165 points to pay for something that can kill grots at seven inch range. That's reasonable. Um,
0: yeah.
2: And otherwise I'd probably try to be a lot cheaper. Um, something like, you know, the, the Lordling kind of sucks, but for 95 points, <laughs> I guess, uh, you know, The The
0: Lordling um, used to be a fan favorite um, because he had access to Swift as the Wind, which was that bonus move, Mm -hmm. you know, for a double or whatever. um, And they got rid of all of that. And again, for 95 points, you could stick him in a Stormcast list pretty easily. And he was moving dudes around for you pretty quick. Um, But since they changed that, I think the Lordling has... Fallen out of favor. He's lost his lands and his serfs. And, uh, okay. you know, is lordling in title only maybe, you know, at this point?
2: Yeah, I'd probably go with something that I could keep just, like, in the back and alive. Something like the guard master for 100, 100 points, the sorceress. Um, there is an ability, a leader ability, um, that is trying to get you to, like, run in recklessly uh, let me see. Yeah, merciless raiders. A fighter can only use this ability if it is the first battle round. Until the end of this fighter's activation, add two to the move characteristic of this fighter and one to the attacks characteristic. So that is on one of the twenty-five skull inside a cross rune marks. Um, so It'd let's go through. Rune mark, I think, yeah. Right? So yeah. the leaders that have it are the Black Ark Rune Master and the Black Ark Reaver. Uh, I don't ever want to put this on the Reaver with only 12 points. You're going to be dead right away. Um, yeah. But And unfortunately, the Fleet Master, that's probably also true, but the Fleet Master at least has an extra point of strength and an extra six wounds. And I could see a situation where you might do that. Um, I'm not very excited about it. I'm not very excited about having my like turn one just crazy alpha strike ability on a leader who only has 18 wounds, but that is at least like a thing. You know what I mean? Like, right. like, it might not be powerful, but it's it's a trick. It's a theme. It's it's something that you can play and enjoy. And um, it can kind of be your calling card is, uh, I'm gonna, especially, I'm kind of getting ahead of us here, but since we don't really like the leaders, we can skip it. Um, yeah. When you have a ton of 55 point chaff, You can put a ton of it on the board and you can be reasonably confident that your opponent will have to, you know, run forward to the objectives or the treasure or whatever before you had to. So knowing that you can hit something eight inches away with this is kind of cool. Unfortunately, it's just not that big. You know, there are tons of factions that on a double have plus one move, then plus one attack for no hoop that you have to jump through so the right. fact that this is only plus two move and plus one attack and the hoop is like really rough it's only the first battle round it's which is tough.
0: crazy because nobody nobody does anything the first battle round usually you know what i mean like it's all about positioning in that first round and a lot of times with the way that uh, the deployment zones are set up like Even with a five-inch move, like, it's going to be hard to get over into somebody's, you know, thing to let you do it, right? So.
2: Yeah. So my idea was hopefully, like, you wait them out, you force them to run to the objectives, and maybe you're within eight inches of someone then. Um, Yeah. But that's tough. And, like, man, the, the consequences of losing initiative in round two, if you use this ability, are just so dire yeah um that it's just it's rough, but let's go to their troops because there's a lot yeah. more to like with their troops
0: that's true <laughs> uh that's that's very true yeah i I was gonna say that with their leaders, um there's nothing a lot that stands out to me, and in fact, I was gonna say that a lot of their leaders, the only difference between them is that like they have a couple more wounds, and maybe they their base damage is up by one instead of it being one four it's two four. Or, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's uh, like two, yeah, like two, four seems to be a lot on them. Whereas the normal troops are like one, four or one, three. So, yeah. um, you know, but again, you know, you've got the Lordling at 95, the Black Ark Reaver at hundred guard master at hundred. Like you have some of these that are like low point costs that, um, generally with a lot of war bands, I would tell you stay away from the hundred to 120 point leaders, because they're mm-hmm. usually um twice as much as the um as their normal version of them right they're like the sergeant of like that troop they're twice yeah. as much and they don't give you twice the value yep. because it's you know so like it's not it's it's like cost efficiently is it's not as good um but you know if you're looking for bodies like they're low point count um models i think are probably better than if you were to get like some of the more 165 ones um just just to have model you know heroes on the table type of thing
2: yeah it's like you just want to pay as low a tax as possible yeah. to just get to play the real fighters in the warband right. which are the exactly. really cheap guys yeah
0: yeah so um they've got two they they really only have two regular fighters that are over a hundred. It's the Spawn Knight and the Dark Rider, right? Both of those are mounted, and so like they've got them, they've got the mounted tax or the movement tax that's on them. You know, they're yeah. 165 points, 150 points. Their attack profiles are not great, right? Mm-hmm. So I would not advise anybody of taking these unless you have them and you really want to play them i wouldn't um I, w- I would not go for these because you can get three and we'll see this you can get all three uh like chaff fighters for the cost of this one drink spawn knight, and they almost all have the same attack profile as he does with like a little bit less damage
2: so yep. same page. <laughs>
0: you know exactly so um so let's get to uh let's get to their uh fighters real quick um one, one that kind of stood out to me for 90 points was the Executioner, um, you know, yeah. it, and we'll talk about like their big bang here in just a minute, which are their really cheap ones. But the Executioner kind of stood out to me Four attacks, strength three isn't like lovely, but it does have two four damage and a six inch move like this guy um, for against other T3 models, I feel like would be pretty good you know like i think that he he wouldn't be bad against skeletons or something like that
2: specifically in a warband that's already running like 11 12 fighters where you can be yeah. pretty confident you're not going to get countered when you attack with this guy cuz 4324 can be tough when you just run oh. into counter but right. um you know, you flood the board with bodies and then all of a sudden counter is not really a concern for you. And that's that makes them a little bit more playable. It does mean that you I, you couldn't convince me to run more than two of them.
0: Oh, yeah, um, I agree with that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. But, um, he does sure. have the ability to add half the value of the ability to damage points allocated by critical strikes. That's not my favorite version of this ability. Like, I always love it when it says hits and critical hits, right? Yeah, um, yeah, because you know, there's you gotta roll sixes, and that's like just roll sixes. Sure, I'll win the game if I do that, right? But, um, mm-hmm. but it is a double, and it's like if you do need to maybe give him a little bit more umph, like you can you can go for it, you know. So it's not the worst, but it's not great. Um, yeah,
2: with this warband, you'd probably catch me trying to spend all of my dice on my allies as often as possible. Um, Like, it'd be hard to convince me to try to spend dice on the fighters, other than, like, maybe the 1 in 20 times when your Black Ark Fleetmaster gets to really pop off in round one. Yeah. Uh, Otherwise, I'm trying to use my dice on my allies, I think.
0: Um, I'm going to kind of gloss over the Black Guard and the Dark Shard. Like, those two, I don't think, like, are much to write home about. Um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the, the black guard has a similar attack profile to the executioner, but one less mm-hmm. attack. And I think it's worth the five extra points just to go with the executioner, yep. you know, to get that extra attack. So, um, so let's talk about their cheap guys. Okay. So they've got one at 65 points, one at 60 points and two at 55 points. So let's start with this 65 point is the black art corsair with vicious blade and repeater crossbow. Um, attack profile three attacks, strength three, one three damage, movement five, toughness three, eight wounds. Um, and he has access to the um chart that that first turn charge ability. Hooray! (laughs) Like, don't, don't. Like, if you ever think that you should, we're telling you right now, don't, (laughs) don't do it. (laughs) this that would be the biggest leroy jenkins moment of like you know war cry get your archer in there yeah (laughs) yeah it's kind of crazy um and then um for 60 points it's the black art corsair with vicious blades and wicked cutlass uh four attacks strength three one three damage again five movement toughness three eight wounds um I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I'm taking the sixty-point model every time over this. I don't, I don't really care about the archer with the two attacks, strength three, one two damage. Like that's that's not gonna be that 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 would never be a choice for me. I would always take the cutlass over the archer.
2: Yeah, with only eight-inch range, you wouldn't be able to convince me that that because the idea would be like, oh, you run ten of them and. Every single one of them is shooting the same guy, but yeah. but only eight inch range, so you can't actually do that. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'm not I'm not running the archer here. Um,
0: yeah, he also the Black yeah. Art Corsair um, with the Wicked Cutlass also has the Leroy Jenkins thing, but again, don't,
2: don't. Because yeah. <laughs> you can, if you're going to be shooting with them, you can get the exact same or sorry, a better shot profile. From Uh Coradrin Overlords, Arcanauts, for 15 points cheaper. So, And you're not moving anyway if you're shooting with them. So just, you know, take the 50-point guys. And Arcanauts, at 50 points, their shooting actually does add up. Um, Right. But uh, these guys... And also, Arcanauts deal 3 on a crit and not 2, which really hurts. Um,
0: Yep.
2: So, yeah, these guys... Not there, but I feel like we're burying the lead here,
0: yeah. Which well, no, we weren't burying the lead, we're saving the best for last.
2: Oh, there we go. There we
0: go. (laughs) So, there's two (laughs) fighters that are at 55 points. I think anytime you see 55 points, like your eyes should be like that, right? Like, you need to be, um, you need to be looking at them, you know, crypt ghouls, uh, Arcanauts. Like, every time you know, a, a faction has a 55 point fighter it's going to be a good choice because of how many you can field there. So the dread spear has a two inch range, two attacks, strength three, one, four damage, five inch move, toughness, four, eight wounds. And the Mm. bleak sword is one inch range, three attacks, strength, three, one, three damage, uh, five movement, toughness, four, um, eight wounds. Um, which would you field a mixture of these, or would you lean in heavy to uh, one like one or the other?
2: Um, I could see a mixture. I think, man, I mean, two, three, one, four is tough, but you're just running them to be you know fifty five points. so so maybe that's fine. Um, yeah, yeah, I think you could convince me to run a mix of them. And you could even convince me to run a few of the Corsairs, too. Um, You know, 60 is a lot more than 55 when you are spamming, like when you're Uh running seven of them. But it's not a lot more than 55 when it's like, these are how many points I have, and rather than spend 10 points on a Divine Blessing for something that's not going to matter, why don't I spend 10 points turning two of my Bleak Swords and just getting the extra attack on them. I mean, you uh-huh. do lose one point of toughness, so that's tough against some matchups. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I would lean Bleak Swords because I I do like my chaff to be able to do some damage. Um,
0: right. And it and it, it with that profile one four one three, you're re- what you're really trying to do is fish for crits, right? Mm-hmm. So
2: yeah, and you're not rolling enough dice to do that. Yeah. Like one yeah. four on the dread spears, I mean, because you were like really right. going through crits there. You're not just yeah. you're not rolling mm-hmm. enough dice, but at least with the bleak swords, you know, you attack twice, you roll six dice, you'll probably get a crit, you know.
0: Yeah, right. Um, Mathematically, you should be getting a crit, right? In theory, yeah. one out of six. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now the uh the interesting thing is they do have this bulwark uh rune mark. And it, it allows them to form shield wall until the end of the battle round, add two to the toughness characteristic of friendly fighters with both the Sig- Cities of Sigmar Darkling, Covens Factor Remark, and the Bul- Bulwark Remark while they are within three inches of this fighter. So if you're stacking them up, which is easy to do with them, right? Like, you're going to have easy. a ton together. Like, all mm-hmm. of them all of a sudden go from toughness three to toughness five. Yeah. Which is um, not our bad.
2: they toughness four.
0: Oh, there's, oh yeah. So there'd be tough to six and that's yeah. on a double.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So um, I think it's very reasonable. And it's one that I would use fairly often, especially when you've got clumps of guys. Cause I mean, let's be real. You're going to have three to four of these probably in each deployment zone, you know? And mm-hmm. so if you've got a clump of guys like saying, okay, well, that guy's going to use a double to do the shield wall because you guys are coming in next round. Like, uh, or next turn, like, I think that's super reasonable. It gives everybody that aura, basically, of it. And that, um, I, uh, I like it. I like it. So, and then you could, if you needed to, you could use reactions and things like that to kind of chip away better than maybe their own attacks would do,
2: you know? Totally. You know, get up to toughness six and then um, start hitting people with counter... You can yep. also oh their reaction their faction reaction i don't like it's if they disengage you um get a better than the regular anti-disengage mm-hmm. reaction um which is yeah. fine but uh it does make me want to run the one inch range ones a little bit more since you can yeah. actually tie people up and then get that better reaction when they decide it's not worth their time to try to kill you um which might be especially true when it's a toughness six fifty five point fighter you know, yeah. Um something like an Ogroid Myrmidon, which we're only rolling three dice on strength five, and a lot of people take those, and all of a sudden, you know, you're it only takes two hits, but three dice you might not roll two five ups. So right. yeah, yeah,
0: and tying up a Myrmidon like that is almost it's it's almost as good as killing a Myrmidon. <laughs> you know because it's 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 not doing anything for you, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so um I will say this I'm gonna I'm gonna revamp uh, what I said earlier about a leader. Um and I think I would take the sorceress. Okay, so one okay. the sorceress is one twenty five, it has a typical wizard profile with the three six damage. Yes, you're only rolling two dice. We talked about this before with our sorceresses, right, Dan? And, and stuff they, like that cheap
2: enough it's okay but right. you want the third dice yeah
0: so um so i would take the sorceress i do like her quad it's in, in situations right so her quad is pick a visible enemy fighter within three inches of this fighter and roll a number of dice equal to the value of this ability for each roll of two up allocate three damage points to that fighter in addition to the end of the battle round half the toughness characteristic of that fighter rounding up.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty. Yeah. I think it's pretty good. Like that's enough to like outright kill some storm cast models, depending on how many dice you're doing. And then even if you don't kill it, it's toughness is going to be at a three, you know, mm-hmm. or something like that. So yeah, I think that's great.
2: Totally. All of a sudden
0: your guys are rolling on fours instead of fives, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> So, anyway. Um, yeah, not bad. Me to do that. Yeah. So, I w- I would I mean, if you have to take a hero, I wouldn't mind taking 125 point that has access to a decent ability and uh, maybe a little bit more damage that you could hide behind a wall of of, you know, guys mm-hmm. and and do her thing, you know. Yeah. So, anyway. Um I think that's pretty much it for Darkling Covens. If you play it, we'd love to hear how you fare with it. Um, This seems to be, if you were to put this in a tier list, Dan, where where, where would you put this faction? C tier? I think they're
2: fine. I think they're B. I mean, you know, I think the problem people have with them is that the abilities are not inspiring, but the profiles are perfectly good, you know? And I think if you have a couple allies that you just think are like the sweetest models that you just wish you had a faction to run them in, Mm. you can run them in this one because they don't take any, You you can have 10 fighters and you still have a bajillion points on the board to bring things into, you know? Um, This is a good
0: list to run a Charybdis in.
2: Sure. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think we're about to get to a faction that's better for running a Charybdis in, but. um, Fair enough. But yeah, Yeah. I do think you could absolutely run a Charybdis in this. I mean, a, a sorceress plus eight of or yeah, let's say a sorceress plus seven of these guys so that gets you to eight models is, let me get my calculator. What was the sorceress? 125, is that right?
0: 125,
2: yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so seven times 55. Oh yeah, that's like, that's nothing. Oh my God, so a sorceress plus seven of these guys is 510 points, so you have 490 <laughs> points that you can spend on two allies. You can get the two yeah. chunkiest things in order, right? I mean, that's Seriously. amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, and you can still, and that still gets you to 10 fighters. That's wild. Um. So yeah, they're, they're good. I mean, you know, they're just not like, like I don't think they'll ever be a popular pick with competitive players because I think most competitive players in Warcry like to be... A little bit cool, a little bit like fun. You know, you, you play, yeah. try to enjoy yourself, right? And so, um, I think a lot of people will look at these abilities and be like, "Eh, not for me." But yeah, that's okay.
0: Right off, right off. Like we said, if you guys play it, um, jump in our Discord. Let us know what you think or leave a comment below. Very interested in your experience. I don't, you know, I never got this line. I, I think it's kind of hard to find a lot of these models too now. Um, they're out there, but. I don't know that GW keeps them regularly stocked, so it's a little bit harder nowadays um, to I find. I think them.
2: third party is your friend. Yeah. For these, exactly. Um, I think there's a lot of cool, sort of, elven warrior like D and D sculpts and stuff that maybe you you would use if you wanted to play yeah. these.
0: Yeah. Very good. All right, we're gonna get to the 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 whole point that we brought Matt on here. Like this is like the pinnacle of, of of the reason why Matt is with us today, is because we're going to talk about the Dispossessed and um, excited about this because who doesn't like playing stocky chunky boys, right, Matt?
1: Oh yeah, these these guys are they are definitely stocky and they're great. Um...
0: Tell me tell me why you like the Dispossessed. Like, what's the overall kind of thematic feel? of dispossessed and like what are like, you know, in a couple of like words, like, like, well, what do they bring to the table?
1: Uh, so first I just want to say the thing that got me into uh, running the dwarves was the gyro bomber. Because okay. All right. It's my favorite model in Warcry because it's just this dwarf helicopter. Mm-hmm. And I saw that in a box uh, at the game store. I was like, I have to, I have to buy these guys. Um, uh, but what's good about this faction right now? Um, so the def- is is you just have these stubborn little guys who are really hard to kill and just stand on objectives and they're like, just just try, just try it.
0: Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, I dare you to come get me, huh?
1: Yeah, and uh, and if the enemy is able to kill them, then you just kill them right back because you, you you have this amazing reaction the reaction is so powerful
0: um, uh, let's mm-hmm. let's talk about it uh, so grudge bearers a fighter can make this reaction when they are targeted by a melee action after the damage is totaled but before it is allocated to the fighter which is a rare thing to see right so like you know they're gonna die right mm-hmm. um if if it is enough for this fighter to be taken down, Pick another friendly fighter. That fighter makes a bonus move action or bonus attack action. So um, that's great.
1: So yeah. notice what it doesn't say here,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which mm-hmm. is that the other friendly fighter has to be a dispossessed model.
0: Whoa, that is a really good point. Because the um, what is it? This was the same thing as a soul sworn, right? Where it's like, yeah. where one is taken down. But it has to be another Quest or Soul Sworn or another Stormcast. I can't remember. I think it was faction locked.
2: I there. think the QS1's not faction locked, but what makes this amazing is that there are 75 point fighters that have this reaction.
0: Yeah. You know,
2: as opposed to 170 yeah. point fighters. Right. And, and that it's was your still biggest. Amazing beef on one. Quest or Soul Sworn.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, wow. Yeah, I yeah think that's Given awesome. who has access to this reaction, I think this is the best reaction in the game.
0: Um, I think you're right about that.
2: This just is because a, of this is like incredible. who has it, like who it belongs to.
0: Yeah, um,
2: I think it's incredible. Um,
0: do you? I assume Matt that you make uh, good use of this quite often.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, this is this completely warps the way that you play the faction because mm-hmm. you're just you have you're always aware that if if they take down one of your guys, another guy's gonna going to be hitting them or moving in to hit them later
0: and it's not it's not range bound either it could be anywhere on the board right yeah Yeah, that's pretty that's pretty incredible and um the other thing too is that if your guy is going to die what's great about this is you get to use that reaction and it's like who cares he's dead anyway it doesn't matter if i have already used up his i mean i guess if he's already used up his movement and attack earlier in the game, then he can't use it, right? Because he's doesn't have any left, but yeah. you know, um a lot it of times how you
2: play Matt was like, Matt was not joking. It really does change the flow and the tempo of Warcry mm. to play with or against this fact. I have not played this faction, but I've played against it quite a few times at this point, and it really does change the flow of the game. I really love it. Like, it The fact that Warcry is able to do this just as a game... I don't even mean like winning and losing-wise. I just mean like it makes Warcry stronger that completely different play styles like this exist. Yeah. Because games feel completely different when one person is playing this faction, which is cool. That's, That's how the game should be,
0: you know? So one thing that I was thinking about is that if I'm playing against you, Matt, I want to make sure... So normally... I would try to target fighters that haven't gone yet because if I take them down, then I take away two activations and I'm starting to win, or I take away one activation with two actions. Right. Um, And I start to win the activation war. Um, Not so with these guys, right? Like you almost don't want to like attack a dwarf that hasn't gone yet because if I kill it, something else is going to get hit or is, going to be put in place to get hit, right? So, yeah. do you do you find that um people have to shift their prioritization of your models when they're playing against you?
2: Yeah, definitely. Mm, but the cool thing having played against you, Matt, is that you have ways to punish people for overcorrecting.
0: Oh, um, okay.
2: Um which maybe it's too early to get into allies when we haven't even talked about the fighters. Yeah, but maybe we can just talk about the general shape of a list because Matt generally runs at least one giant ally, right? Okay, yeah. And then you get to, like, activate your giant ally early in the round, which puts a lot of pressure on your opponent because it probably killed something when it activated or it probably did Mm -hmm. something very impactful. And now your opponent is kind of having to catch up and they can't like in the flow of a game if you're desperate to score points like you get into the spot where you cannot catch up on points without killing a dwarf but you can't kill a dwarf without activating the big thing yeah and so now you're in a really tough spot
0: So why don't you walk us through your list right now? We'll talk about each of those fighters that you have in your list and, like, why you chose them. I think that's probably a good way to go through this faction. Yeah.
1: Um, So I plan on shifting up the numbers a little bit, but Mm -hmm. generally I'm always taking a Warden King because I think the Warden King is just great stats for the points, a great leader option. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah four attack strength four two five damage that that two five is a great profile right um i mean all your dwarves are going to be movement three that's just how it is right um but toughness five and 22 wounds like he's pretty chunky you know he's hard to chew through
1: um he has this quad that you don't really use um (laughs) uh that just gives every everyone around him a bonus move action uh but it's a
0: quad, so it's not great. Yeah,
1: yeah, okay. And that T five twenty
2: two. Um, if you yeah. covered up that movement stat and the points stat, you have a bespoke leader, right? Yes. But like so, what, yes. some of the better ones, and those bespoke leaders all cost like hundred and eighty to two hundred points. Yep.
0: You know. Yep. Yep.
2: Um. Hundred percent. And so you're like you're minus one move, yes, but you're getting like a forty point discount. For that minus one move.
0: Yes. Um, and awesome. that that 22 is important because if you ever used Blessings, you could put Blessings on him for cheap, right? Instead yep. of having to pay the elite number um, that you find. Yeah, if he had
2: one other... more wound, you'd have to pay more. Yep. Yep. yep.
0: yep. And I think when we were talking about Blessings last time, that was we kind of came to the conclusion that that was like the defining factor of why they chose 22 is because that was like the bespoke hero. Like, hit the, profile. The biggest
2: bespoke heroes were 22. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. And sure. I think, I mean, obviously, Warden King kind of falls in that, which I think is cool.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Remember having that him? 21st wound, like, we've talked about this on a couple pods, too. Like, the 21st wound is the most important wound in Warcry. Just because of how many fighters, like, like do things that um, add up to 20, you know? Yeah. And so having like a gut
0: ex- lord could crit you twice, right? And it's twenty.
2: Yeah, so or just like crit hit yeah. hit from a gut lord. Yeah. boom, twenty damage. This guy survives on two, so he's right. he's doing fine. You know, not yeah. fine, but you know, he's he's still alive for one hundred and forty five points. Fine. Right?
0: This is fine.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um,
0: awesome. Awesome. All right. So you have a warden king. Uh, what uh, what else do you have in there?
1: Um, and then uh, I'm looking at either taking. Um, and this, just looking at some of the lists I've played recently, uh, it really depends on whether I'm trying to fit in the Charybdis uh-huh. or, uh, different allies, but, uh, the Longbeards with Ancestral axe, um, you could take a Hammer instead. They're very similar. Um, okay. and then I think the Ironbreaker is really good. If you want to spend the extra five points, you can get the Longbeard instead to have a little bit more damage and a, possibly more relevant ability. Um but uh just just being able to go like uh so the list I play a lot is mm-hmm. is the Warden King, seven iron breakers.
0: Wow, okay. Uh
1: and then
0: so let's talk about let's talk about the Iron Breakers real quick. Yeah. yeah. So the Iron Breakers are 75 points, three attacks, three damage, or sorry, three attacks, strength three, one three damage. Um, toughness 512 wounds Um, and they have the bulwark one which I imagine is like a shield wall type of thing right
1: Uh, no it lets you call another iron breaker over oh okay Uh, I don't know how to use this well
0: (laughs) yeah so it says you can pick another visible friendly fighter with the dispossessed faction room mark and bulwark room mark Within six inches of this fighter, that fighter can make two bonus move actions. After those move actions, that fighter must be within one inch of this fighter and cannot make any more move actions until the end of this battle round. Now, to me, the way that you would use this is if, like, um, you really need to stop or slow down a big model. Like a rat ogre, for example, comes in on you, right? And there's a chance that you may die, um, you know, uh, either that round or the next round, and you pull in another guy there with you, and you're chipping away at him. But that radar is going to have a hard time, like, it's going to have to spend something to disengage and get out of there, or it's going to have to chew through two dwarves with toughness five and 12 wounds each, right? Like, um, uh, the great thing about pulling it over with two bonus moves, it says they can't move anymore, but that's okay. I'm going to attack twice anyway if there's a guy right there with me. You know, so you
2: need to be attacking twice or you do it on a fighter who's already gone. I think yeah. you can do it on a fighter who's already gone. Can, yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. But then it's like a lot of the time if you've already gone, you're in the spot you want to be at anyway. Right. But like I I agree with you, Matt. It's it seems like situational, but really good in the in the blue moons it comes up in, it yeah. seems really good.
1: And like, but making two attacks with an breaker is like not that great because it's sure, yeah, that's true, sure. No, <laughs> yeah. but
0: like I said, like you might put this on a Myrmidon, right? Where you just need to slow it down for a turn because mm-hmm. it's going to probably have to use all of its attacks to try to get through one Ironbreaker, you know. Um, and so because they're toughness five, he's hitting on fours now instead of instead of threes, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know, it's, a, it's, it's something to think about now. Um the Iron Breakers, uh, they're 75 points, but if you spend the 80, you talked about the Longbeard with a Ancestral Weapon and gomeral Shield. It has pretty much the same attack profile. It just has one extra damage on the base and the crit. Um, yep. So is that worth, do you think that's worth the extra five points?
1: I mean, it depends how the numbers fit in for you, depending on what um. other things you're running. Um, I yeah. think it could be. Um, you also get a different ability. You get to uh, buff strength for fighters around you. Mm, instead.
0: Okay. Yeah, for and that's within six inches of this fighter, which is yeah. essentially a um, uh twelve thirteen inch bubble, right? Yeah. Um, which is, I mean, that like if he's in the middle of the board, that's that could be significant.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, so. Um, and then I also, I also, I also like what it's called. the great axe.
0: Yeah, um, oh, sorry. I was gonna say real quick. I love this name of that ability for the, the long beard. It's back in my day, you know. Like <laughs> he, he, he's basically telling stories to the youngins, you know. So that's good. Yeah. Sorry. All right. Yeah, who, I think long beards
2: are, are good. I like them. With the um,
0: ancestral axe too.
1: Yeah, um, and one of the interesting things about the the long beard with the ancestral great Axe uh-huh. is that this guy has four toughness, which yes. means you're more likely to get grudge bearers.
0: Oh, yeah, okay. Because <laughs> all sometimes right. Sometimes
1: people just can't kill the five toughness dwarves. <laughs> that is
0: too funny. That's too funny. You're playing. You're like, all oh, right, we we really need you guys to make that sacrifice today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's good. And look, that strength four instead of strength three—that makes a difference. It does. It really it does. Definitely matters. You know, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, this guy is hitting a lot more and doing a lot more damage. Um, and he's only five. I mean, he's ten more points in the iron breaker and five more points in the Longbeard, right? Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Um, and then the, there's a the hammer is the same is a very similar profile. Uh-huh. To the long beard. Um, you get one more crit damage, and you get an ability that I'm just. It's. I guess you use it. I don't know. Uh... <laughs> All right, so it's a
0: it's called Guard. Add one to the move characteristics of this fighter until the end of their activation. Okay, that's not terrible. In addition, if any friendly fighters in both the of Sigmar dispossessed faction remark and the Hero remark are within one inch of any enemy fighters. Add one to the attack's characteristics of melee attack actions made by this fighter until the end of that their activation. So this is similar to but that kind of this add one move, yep. add one attack, right? right. Um, you yep. don't get it on the hammers, obviously, because they're not heroes. Um, but look, I mean, here's the thing. This is Rush, but better for heroes.
1: Uh, right? No it's, if it's, no, it's if there is a hero... Within oh, one if edge.
0: there is a hero that's there, sorry.
2: Yeah, so it jumps through a hoop. So it's yeah, like I read that wrong. Strictly okay. worse or than I... the untamed beast's ability, um, that that a few factions have, where it's plus one, then plus the other one, which is good. I think that ability is great when you don't have to jump through a hoop for it, but when you yeah. do, it's it's a little bit tougher. But I think I think those are okay. I think personally, I'd go with the uh, the shield longbeards um, you know, get that, get him for 80 points, but, um, but I think that the, that the hammer, the 85 point with the extra crit, I think those ones are okay too. Um, yeah, I think those uh, are, and
1: those then are one fine. thing, one thing that just kind of overshadows all of the other doubles in the faction is over um, my dead body. Let's,
0: see. Yeah. let's look at that. Over my
1: yeah, dead yeah, body I was is say for this... the
0: whole yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is for the whole faction, right? Until the end of the yep. battle round, this fighter counts as two. Oh my gosh, the <laughs> fighter counts as two additional fighters when determining which player controls an objective. Oh my gosh, that's I amazing. have won
2: games, so I have never played Dispossessed, but I have played a Dispossessed fighter a lot because. Um, Every elite faction in order should think about having a random dispossessed hero, whether it's a Warden King who can actually fight for you or whether it's one of the cheap ones, like a Rune Lord or an Old Guard. Um, I pick the Old Guard, but I think I could see lots of reasons to do the Rune Lord. And you just do over my dead body and then wait. And then they have to kill it, right? They have to kill it or else they lose the game. And then when they kill it, you get your grudge bearers. And then, you know, your other elite fighters get to do a thing. So, like, as an ally, I think those dispossessed heroes are amazing. I think they're just so incredible um, because of Over My Dead Body.
0: Yeah. Um, So I have
2: won a couple games in events now. Uh, Just one with Sylvaneth and one... um, with man who was it Vulcan flame seekers uh where i just won because specifically because i had an old guard in there yeah
0: so one thing that i'm looking here is you've got one two three four five six abilities that are doubles right and Mm -hmm. i think when factions have doubles for abilities like they are they're on the right track of winning you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's so easy to get doubles. Um, two is so much less just, than three. Yeah, right. And you can, yeah. it, like, it's exponentially less. It's not linear, right? Like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's half it's, as much, <clears throat> right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, um, so it's 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 great that you have this. And if you tailor your list so that you have like two or three that you focus on you know, in terms of your doubles, I did this with bone splitters where I've really only used two different abilities and that just made me play so much more efficiently. You know, like I knew my Mm. plan going into it and with doubles, like you, you know, I'm using it all the time and, um, you know, like using the back of my day that, that seems really good over my dead body seems really good. You know, the King's Guard stand together, uh, maybe not as much, you know what I mean? Like, but you don't have to play those fighters, and that's fine. Like you just don't yeah. need to even think about those abilities then, you know, and it helps simplify what your game plan is, um, coming out, you know. Um compare that to like something like the um grave uh the, the soul blight grave lords that have some amazing abilities, but they're like a mix of doubles and triples, and it's like You know, you're kind of like, what do I do with all of these? And and you you really have to think through hard how you're gonna Mm -hmm. you know use those. So um, I think it's I think it's great. Um,
2: So we've got through the leaders and the troops, but I feel like the main thing is what you're spending grudge bearers on. Like, really changes the texture of your warband. So Matt, could you talk a little bit about the allies that you? Generally, sort of default towards with these. Yeah. Guys? Uh,
1: so I've I've used the uh, Charybdis uh, Okay. Because it's it's just so powerful to just get an extra attack with the monster. Yeah. And the monster's fast, so if it's not near something, Bearers can also give you a move, so you can be near something.
0: Right now, it doesn't count as an activation, so you can't use dragon maul but you still get to do a bonus move or a bonus attack right yep okay yep
1: um but then uh if i'm not if i'm not trying to go with that uh power that you know really top heavy um what i uh generally use as my allies are uh an annihilator prime uh okay with the meteoric hammer but the grand hammer is also good um, and an Arcanaut Admiral.
0: Okay, tell me why the Arcanaut Admiral. I uh, think so. So let me just say, I think we understand the Annihilator Prime, you know. And the great thing about that is that you do have the option of sending it on a bonus move action, which is probably its greatest weakness—is its movement, you know. And getting it into a position where it can then, like you know, do something its next turn, I think, is super amazing. Um, but why the why the Arcanaut Admiral?
1: Um, it's a cheaper option that still has three normal damage. Okay. And um, occasionally I use Fight for Profit. Yeah. Um, and just bonus flavor, it's also a dwarf.
0: Right. Right. There's <laughs> the rule of cool in there too, right?
1: <laughs> I so, find uh, that when you're
2: using hammerers instead of iron breakers the fight for profit can actually matter and then having an ally who uses triples is a little bit because we just talked about these guys don't use triples they're all yeah
0: you're not competing for resources right no
2: yeah just not good yeah so like having an ally that uses triples there's no one else hungry when you roll like a natural triple or you know something like that um so sometimes fight for profit can be pretty good even though it's you know nowhere near as good as it is in, in KO for these guys, you know the, the admiral really fights, and then having an extra triple is good.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, that's really good. I have a challenge for you though, Matt. Like you're going to need to do a new war band with this. Your Annihilator Prime is going to need to be Snow White, and you're going to need to have some dwarves. You know, so you're like a <laughs> yeah. really tall model and a bunch of dwarves around it. <laughs> uh,
1: I think well, it could... I have an option for that. The uh uh night arcana.
0: Oh nice, perfect.
1: Yes, yep. I love it. She's snow white.
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: she is snow white, not the art
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you
0: go. There you go.
1: I think so, you wanna have more than seven dwarves though.
0: Yeah, you're probably right, but you know, I mean still play on it, right? <laughs> When you go to put it up for best painting competition, you just kind of hide like three or four of the dwarves, <laughs> you know, and you just have your display yeah. of like Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty. That's actually pretty amazing. Um, but uh, yeah, this sound this sounds pretty good. What does your win rate look like with this uh, with this faction? Oh uh, I know. I mean, I, I don't know. know if I spot. <laughs> Like, do you win more than you lose, would you say? Uh... I think
1: I definitely win more than I lose with these.
2: Okay. 100% with the Stormcast version, you definitely win more than yeah. you lose.
1: The yeah, um, Stormcast to,
2: version, I think, is a little stronger.
1: I I tried kind of a, a goofy list uh, during a, a narrative thing with the the Charybdis, where I was like, I'm going to put a blessing on the Charybdis and... Um, I don't think this is a good idea, but this is something you can do with with grudge bearers. Is put the blessing of spite on a fighter that you think you want to activate in a turn where it's going to die. Okay. Uh, because the spite blessing is, you get to make a free reaction each round. Oh wow! So even if you've already activated the fight the fighter, you can still use grudge bearers.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's wow. a that's a that's a good point. Yeah, that's a very But good it's point. also
1: 40 points, and you probably shouldn't do that.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: Especially because I find that when you are, like, trying hard, because one of the things to get the most value out of Dispossessed, you have to be running those counters a lot because they're Toughness 5, right? The, yeah. Like, counter is built into the value of Toughness 5. But you have to know, am I going to die on this attack? All right, no counter. Am I fine on this attack? Counter. And it feels like that's like a real big um, arbiter of success. Like whether you correctly figure that out and whether you're willing to do that math in game or not is, is going to be sort of something that I think people who haven't played this faction should probably know about is that it's going to be part of playing it.
1: There's Um, a lot of hang on. Let me, let me think about whether this attack is going to kill me or not.
2: Yeah. And so I think spite is like you pay to not have to do the math. Right. Mm. So you're, you're still going to be better off putting in the effort and doing the math because then you're just going to get those 40 points, you know, through your own efforts. But, um, but yeah, if you don't want to do the math, if you want to like go to a narrative tournament and, you know, like drink a little or have a THC seltzer before you play, like, you know, then I think the spite is worth it. Let
0: me, let me ask you this, Matt, just to kind of close this out. Um, What is the best way to get uh, a good band of dispossessed fighters?
1: Uh, like to buy them?
0: Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh to start collecting Graywater Fastness was great. Uh, I don't know okay. if you can still get that though.
0: <laughs> I know. Yeah, that's a good point. I know that there was that one box that they came out, which was that um kind of Mercenary Company. Do you remember that, Dan?
2: I do. That was a little while ago, but I do remember that. Um, one other thing I will say is. This is sort of petering out, but when Cities of Sigmar came out, a ton of dwarves hit the secondhand shelves Mm. at our local store. Um, Like, if you were looking at those shelves, you could see dwarves. I think multiple people sold their collections of dwarves to our local game store Um, when New Cities of Sigmar came out. And maybe it was just AOS players who were so mad that the new book apparently dispossessed are really bad in AOS right now. No. And they get the uh, bone
0: splitters treatment.
2: <laughs> yeah, and COS humans are really good in AOS right now. But um but we know they're not going to old world, right? I mean, do we know that? Do we know they're not being old worlded? It seems like I such have no a
0: idea.
2: it seems like it would be such an unforced error to give up on Tolkien dwarfs as an archetype. You know, especially if it's like, Cities of Sigmar are very much like, we took a historical faction and just made it like just a little bit AOS-y, but still if you play historical war games, you'll yeah. look at Cities of Sigmar and recognize them. Like they're they're here to be not too crazy. And it just seems like having the Dwarven version of that, like it would be so stupid to give that up. Yeah. So I don't know. I'd be really surprised if they got taken out of the game. I wouldn't be surprised if we eventually saw like a refresh of them or like if they got a Warcry war ban that was all of a sudden like a new AOS unit for them or something like that. Yeah. I don't
1: know. I think uh, when they retired a bunch of Cities of Sigmar models a while back, they hit some elves, they hit a lot of humans, and they didn't hit any of the dwarves. Right.
2: Yeah, that seems indicative. That seems like really. Yeah, I don't know. I, this is the second time I've engaged in Nottinghamology when <laughs> I shouldn't have. <laughs> You're but welcome. It feels, yeah, it feels like it's some, like it, that feels significant to me. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Also, you know, uh, if if you're looking to get dwarves, uh, it's not hard to find fantasy miniatures of dwarves from every company that makes fantasy miniatures. That's true. So, that's true.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of um there's a lot of like if you go to like my mini factory and stuff like that, there's a lot of like really good proxy dwarves that you could use that represent hammers or you know, um uh you know, cogsmiths, etc. so like, you know, if you got a printer, I mean, that prerequisite is that you got a printer, right? So, yeah. Um, but, yeah.
2: It's and that's good another good. reason I think it'd be crazy for GW to give that up, because, like, D&D is so popular that if you have the best-looking token dwarves on the market, which, like, yeah. those sculpts are so old now that I think that they're comparable to the other sellers out there. They're not really, like better or worse they're kind of you know they're just they're just as good but yeah if you have the best ones like it's got to be such a money maker if you put out just like a real like much how that command core box for cities of sigmar is like that is a dnd party that's just clearly that's right. all that that's meant to be is like here is every fighter you'll use in dnd like you have four D and D characters. Well, guess what? Three of them are in this box. Um, Right. Right. And it just feels like doing that for dwarves is such a no brainer. Um, that I would be shocked if they didn't do it eventually.
0: Yeah. Yep. I was just looking at the online and they have dwarves, but everything is temporarily out of stock. Yeah. So a little tough there. Um,
2: but cool. yeah, a All box right. with, like, a Dwarven Cleric and a Dwarven, like, Warrior. Like, one yeah. kind of grungy Dwarven Warrior and then one very Paladin-y Dwarven Warrior. Like, it just seems like that box would sell, like, crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, let's talk. Let's do, let's see, we're about an hour 30. Let's hit our events and call it a night. does it? How's that sound?
2: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's great.
0: All right, so we um, heard through the Grapevine and throughout the community that there were a lot of events that happened this last weekend. It was the most events of Warcry in one weekend ever. Um, I think, what was there? There was five?
2: Five events, 86 players, I think. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Which is definitely a record. Um, Breaking... I think it breaks last year's Adepticon where it was 28 in one tournament and um, like high 30s in another. Yeah. Yeah. So and shatters that record, you know. Right. So that's really so incredible.
0: It's good. It's great. And um, I don't know about you, but I have heard about more people like becoming interested in um, Warcry and, you know, playing kind of the more skirmishy game of Age of Sigmar um from, you know, just kind of in my in my circle. So I think that's great. I think it shows that the game's kind of growing. I think it definitely shows that there's an appetite for events out there for people to get together. And even if it's eight people or, you know, six people or whatever, like, like the, that appetite for events is a real thing. And just, you know, being able to play round robin or play a little tournament or something like that mm-hmm. is great. So uh, we wanted to hit some of the highlights for you guys today um let's start in uh let's start in nottingham at warhammer world um that was a big tournament that happened and they were represented by a lot of different factions uh what i would like to point out dan is that the winner of the nottingham tournament was a uh was a um uh oh my gosh why am i blanking on their faction here name darko savagers (laughs) darko savagers with a um uh (laughs) dan it's late i'm losing my mind here
2: how about this the topic that was going to be this podcast. we knew that we might not make it to our final topic because we were doing two factions but the topic that we were going to do if we got through those factions fast was is there a meta and by meta we don't mean like necessarily the winner's circle but like what you expect to face. And one of the things that is becoming really popular here locally, and seems like it's getting more and more popular in the UK, is Bespoke Warband with a FOMO Crusher. FOMO Crusher, and, thank you. And Darko Savagers with a FOMO Crusher, one, um, one Warhammer World, and also Unmade with a True Blood, Which, um, Matt, as you know, JJ loves his true blood locally. Uh, And um, they also had a big ally. I can't remember if it was FOMO, Myrmidon, or Berengard, but it's just like one of, that is like the the holy trinity of big chaos allies that people run and do well with. And kind of, it almost feels like chaos doesn't function if you're not running those three. Like, it just seems like It just feels like you have to. But either way, uh, I know at least two of the top five were just like Bespoke Warband plus a giant part of the Chaos Unholy Trinity.
0: Now, it's Uh, interesting because I have played against FOMO Crushers, and I have done fine. Um, Mm -hmm. My record is probably about 500 against FOMO Crushers, right? Like, I've won some and I've lost some. Um, so I'm kind of surprised that a dark old savagers list that had it looked like there was two slaughterborns in it. Um, you know, and then I think just
2: in- one slaughterborn and one slaughter priest. That other okay. that other big axe guy, it's tough to tell from far away because you're just looking at the picture right now, right? Yeah, yeah, from far away, it's tough to tell, but because it's just two intimidating guys with axes,
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, but yeah, that that uh the redder intimidating guy with an X is a slaughter priest from corn so all right
0: great yeah
2: and uh they were running the god speaker yep i have generally i'll you know i'll eat a little bit of crow here i especially since i often take credit for the uh bespoke plus fomo crusher like (laughs) revolution but um I'll eat a little bit of crow here. I generally have warned people against God speakers. I I still yeah. think they're pretty bad, but it kind of makes sense with a slaughter priest because like you need those dice for the slaughter right. priest and and the FOMO needs the dice too. Um. Yeah. Running you usually want to have on level. I agree with your FOMO yeah. pressures. So. So yeah, having those God speakers around um, seems okay here. It seems not terrible. So that's pretty cool. Um, to find like a real a real youth for it yeah
0: uh, yeah and of course so,
2: this oh yeah go on
0: no 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 i i, I just thought it was very interesting because i mean when have we ever talked about you know the um Darko savagers as being like top table anywhere you know so yeah um it it it, it, it to me it makes me wonder what like we I didn't get a I didn't get to see what the other lists were at that event and I'm kind of curious to see what they're playing like did it have more of a narrative feel or was it like a sweaty competitive feel or um, like you know mix of
2: both I mean yeah. those big events always are a little bit less competitive than the mid-size events sure. I feel like yep. the little ones are the least competitive the biggest ones are after and then the middle-sized ones are the most usually but I will say something that really um I thought really separated this Dark Oath list from every you know other Dark Oath list you see is usually people can't help themselves. They have to run Conan mm-hmm. in their Dark Oath warbands. and Conan's not very good. This person didn't run a single proven, so it was really just chaff and big hitters.
0: Yeah.
2: Um And the one ability combo. And I think there's a few bespokes that you can do this with where they have reasonable chaff, um, a leader who doesn't totally suck, and then you just like run big allies. And I think that that is something that can work in a lot of situations um, for chaos. I think, you know, one box, two allies, cut everything extraneous out of the warband. That can work. I mean, Stavagers is a little bit more special because like they actually have an ability you want to play with. whereas a lot of the war bands don't, but um, yeah, I think, I think that can work for, I think other people can kind of make that work for them. I think, you know, the rest of the, I think the top standings had some pretty interesting lists in them. There was a Kellyan King in the new cities of Sigmar that came in third. Um, There was Hunters of Huanchi, Off metamusing's doing really well. I think Mm -hmm. he took third and then the and King took fourth. This was also a pack with no objective missions. Mm -hmm. Um, So, or maybe just one out of five. So it was like you didn't see a lot of people playing a ton of chaff, even though I do think you can make chaff work in non-objective situations. But like, yeah, it was... There were some there were some pretty interesting concepts that weren't that weren't necessarily just the winner i thought that was interesting but i do think you know to be fair um you know in in kind of like a a pack that a lot of people didn't really know much about because they were running mm-hmm. like core book missions plus those awful unplayable white dwarf missions um like a lot of weird stuff those galaxis ones um is that what they're called? I The new Tlaxis missions? No, they're the ones that came in a White Dwarf that were, like, bring the biggest guy you can. Oh, yeah, right. And they were yeah, all right. just okay. favoring the, the biggest guy. Yeah. It was, like, yeah, whoever yeah, has yeah, the yeah. biggest guy on the field wins. And um, yeah. this person had enough blessings that they could give their FOMO Crusher either plus one move or plus one attack, depending on what they wanted to be doing with it. Um so they were gonna have the biggest fighter on the field in probably yeah. every game they played, um, except maybe when they played against the Akellian King in the finals. Right. Uh so I think that was like a big just thing to be doing is I think the people who didn't have a real big chonker generally lost to, you know, Akellian King played against plus one attack FOMO Crusher in the finals, right? I mean that that right. makes a lot of sense for what that pack was doing. Um but yeah, kinda kinda cool stuff. I think there's a few tournament reports out there if people want to look. Yeah. Um I haven't checked them all out and I think there's more forthcoming. But um I think by the time this podcast goes out, I think they'll all be out. And I think a lot of people, you sure. know, War Games on Toast was there, um, Off Meta Musings was there. The winner yeah. was actually a French YouTuber um who has a skirmish games YouTube channel yep. in France. Yep. Um, so you can kind of Google that. Um, I wish I had their name on me, uh, but unfortunately I don't. Um, but I you can see look, it out I'll look on, for it
0: here in just a second, but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, keep talking.
2: So yeah, cool stuff. Uh, but there were a bunch of other tournaments too that we could kind of maybe just real quick talk about the winners from them.
0: Sorry, the winner was William Zantor,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: his YouTube channel is Wiz Game TV. There we go. So check it out. Um, yeah, he posted in like the uh, War War Cry Facebook page about mm, you know winning. There which we was go. Awesome. So there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. So we had another event at uh, in New Jersey. Um, so all of you that had to travel there, I apologize on behalf of the organizers because you had to go to New Jersey. Sorry about that. Um, but apparently they had a good, uh, decent turnout. I think they had. Um, 8 to 10 players, maybe 9, something like that, but to, you know, ten, it was a
2: decent
0: Yeah, yeah it was a, it was a decent turnout. Um they had some of our guys that came down at Nova and played no, uh most notably uh Peter American Cabbage who is just an absolute bully on the tables and has no mercy for anyone or their feelings. Um yeah, Peter, most I hope you're cabbage. listening to this. <laughs> 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 yeah. Peter Mercy Cabbage, yeah. He um so, Peter, um, this was supposed to be kind of like um, don't bring your sweatiest list. We have some new players here, right? And he didn't.
2: In fairness, he didn't bring his sweatiest list. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's true. It's true. He did not bring his sweatiest list. Instead, he brought a list that he's like, I'm going to try this out and see how it works. He had a kill a boss with boss hacking, uh, boss hacking and rusting flail, which is a decent fighter, especially as a leader. He had three, three fell water tragas, and he had a bogalai, a Brugit, and shank. And that rounded him out to nine hundred and ten points. And then he yep. put blessings on each of the fell water tragas so that they were doing um like extra damage, you know, and they were yep. just bullies out there on the table. I guess so round Four, one, five,
2: three, four for yeah. oh two hundred points each. And twenty-eight oh. wounds, which is very reasonable as a profile. So that's and they've cool. they've
0: got some great abilities. They have the throw-up ability, right? And then they also have the regenerative ability, which are all yep. like like good options. And uh, I guess turn one, he tabled his opponent. You know? That? Wow! <laughs> so, wow! Yeah, yeah. Well, not turn Just one. By sorry, round up one. All over them? Round okay. one. He no, oh. not turn one. Round one. Round one, he tabled his opponent, you know, and um, I don't know. I just, you know, I when I was hearing this, I just all I could think of was um, Adam Sandler, like, in the kindergarten recess with the dodgeball. You know, he gets there, he's like, now you are all in big trouble, and he's just, like, pummeling these poor new guys with, like, you know, dodgeballs. You know, so, I love it. you know. well done. Like I said, Peter, I hope you're listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> No, we love um, Pete, like we love Peter. Peter's a great friend uh, of the show, obviously, you know. And what I love about Peter is he's always trying out like new things. Like who mm-hmm. who thought about bringing three fellwater tragas? Yep, like lady. I've played yep. I've played against two two times I played against a fellwater Tragas, and one of them was Peter, and he had brought one in his gets list, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so trying three with. The um, killaboss, like the killaboss, is no slouch out there either, you know. So, um, yeah. it's a very killy list, very killy list. So absolutely,
2: it's pretty sweet. Um, but the beat goes on. So we also yes. had a tournament in Wisconsin,
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, in Wasau, and a few of the Madison folks went over there. And um, there's like a pretty steady play group in Wasau, Wisconsin, where. They don't necessarily overlap a ton with the, like, like the, obviously the Minnesota play group is pretty online because I'm very online with Warcry and the Madison ones people hear about. But, um, you know, these guys aren't really on like the discords and stuff, Mm -hmm. but they do get regular tournaments in and. A uh, Madison player went over and brought a pretty sweaty list over there, and and ended up winning their tournament. Um, but a pretty scary looking. It was a Veringard with Blade as the leader. Then a Dark oh Oath. It this says Dark Oath, yes, Queen. Um, <laughs> and then Slay, a queen. Slay Queen, yeah.
0: Slay.
2: <laughs> and then a Fomo Crusher. Because, uh, obviously, of course. And then four yeah. Marauders, and then 40 points of Blessing. So they could have either gone, um, depending on the matchup, he could have gone, like, plus one move on the Crusher, plus 15, having 15 points to do something with the Dark Oath Queen. Or he could have gone 40 points for a uh, Wild Dice. Or he could have gone, like, plus one crit on the Dark Oath War Queen and plus one attack on the FOMO Crusher. Lots of different options that are pretty good you can do with 40 points of blessings there um we have seen this type of list win a few tournaments now where it's dark Oath war queen plus a fomo crusher plus you know either a myrmidon or a Varen guard depending on what you want to do there but um
0: it's yeah. hard to kill those things that's the problem Do you know what i mean mm-hmm. like that if that dark oath queen gets to you first you're a goner i mean she's she's a beast
2: Yeah, and it feels like people have finally figured out a way to make her ability matter. Like she, Uh I think when 2.0 came out, I think a lot of people kind of looked at that model and were like this, she kind of has some potential here, but people didn't really make it work at first and now people are kind of figuring out how to pair her with FOMO crushers in a way that Mm -hmm. actually works. Um, Maybe maybe it's blessings that have made it better, I don't know, but it seems like it's been doing really well lately.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if blessings, because, you know, like, a lot of times blessings are kind of that the Swiss, Swiss Army knife where you can put it on something if you need it, and you can put it on something else if you need it. And so, like, yeah. where they really need her to step up, they can put that blessing on her. But if they don't need mm-hmm. it, then and she's fine just as is, then they can leave it there and give it to somebody else, you know? So yeah, maybe just having that flexibility has allowed her, you know, her stonks are rising. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and then yeah. um, we had a local narrative tournament in the Twin Cities um, so it was won by Iron Jaws we all know Iron Jaws is pretty good but we won't mm-hmm. put that list up because we had like items and stuff and it's complicated um, but there was a wild tournament in Poland Do you, are you able to put that up on the screen Justin? That, it's just uh, the,
0: the white one that you sent me no, this that's is the
2: one that is the reason I am painting all of these Blood Reavers tonight. Oh,
0: yeah. Hold that on. I've,
2: that I've had for over a year. I grabbed 20 Blood Reavers, I think like two years ago, um, and never painted them. And now I'm finally painting them because I'm going to try out this warband at some point.
0: Soon. I think it's wild. And like everybody's been talking about how to um, make these guys work, right?
2: Right, right. Because corn, oh, corn are doing terrible in the in the Yeah, meta.
0: poor guys, poor guys. Um,
2: and yeah, finally okay. we fixed it. We blood <laughs> reaver chieftain.
0: Dude, it's so bad. There's fourteen fighters in this list. It's out of control, out of control. So it's a thousand points. Fourteen fighters. There's the blood oh. reaver chieftain, right? Hundred twenty points. He's a hero. You have a Blood Warrior with gore axe and gore fist at 100 points mm. and then you have literally 12 Blood Reavers with reaver blades after that. It's yep. th- this is literally the book of like the introduction of AOS. Did you ever read that book? It was um, no. it was like the story of like like how the stormcast kind of saved these people and it was like this horde of blood reavers that were just like coming to cannibalize this town and and the Stormcast came down and and saved them. But, like, this is the story right here. Like, this is them (laughs) chieftain with 12 Blood Reavers like, just coming into maraud things, you know, and, yeah. And apparently,
2: they only played one objective mission in that tournament, and this person was just able to win non-objective missions by just surrounding their opponents and just flooding them with Blood Reaver damage uh which is pretty sweet
0: so this is like oh. the worst gang initiation ever you know what i mean yeah. you're like completely <laughs> surrounded and everybody's just like whack 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah
2: might take seven of them to kill you but guess what they've got they've got them they've got them all the
0: numbers yeah exactly <laughs> exactly a two brutus a two you know mm-hmm. so yeah yeah
2: yeah so this is pretty sweet and I am going to try that list out um I think I'm going to play them uh against because i also have everything except for the slaughter priest for the warhammer world list that won um so i'm gonna try to play this against them for a uh, battle report on the channel once i get these blood reavers painted so i'm very excited
0: i like it i like it a lot i can't wait to i can't wait to hear this like it would be so hilarious if all of a sudden it's just like blood reaver spam became like part of the meta you know, it's like if you wanted yeah. to win, you had to learn how to deal with Blood Reaver spam.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to a tournament pretty soon. I don't think I'm taking Blood Reaver spam, but um, you know, <laughs> I should. I should take yeah. Blood Reaver spam.
0: Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you for everybody to, you know, in 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 you know, so- sending out your reports of your events like it's always good to hear about what's going on in other places and like what you guys are up mm-hmm. to um i know like i wish i could be running more events more often and so it just it's really nice to see that you know people who have even recently got into the game um not too long ago but they've like had experience running like age of sigmar tournaments or 40k or kill team it's like oh yeah no problem we'll, we'll run a, a Warcry tournament and, uh, or event or whatever you want to, you know, want to, want to play. So, um, look, if you, if you are like, Hey, I want to know how to run an event, but I don't know where to start. Our discord is a great place to ask questions because we have a lot of people that have run events in there and everybody's super friendly and can give you advice on how to like start one up. Um, we even have tournament packets that we could send your way to, to get you started. And um, you know, let you know like what you need um, in terms of like day one, what you need for the tables, all that kind of thing. So um, we can help you take the intimidation factor out of like running a tournament or event or whatever you want to do, and just start playing more Warcry. War so I think that that would be great. Um, Dan, thank you for coming on the show. Matt, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing about your dispossessed dwarves. I am super excited about. Maybe getting um, some dwarves myself and putting them on the table because they sound like they're a lot of fun. And I think, in my opinion, we didn't really get into our meta discussion, but I think that um, the Dispossessed are an anti meta uh, list, right? Um, ones that can counter the kind of the big list out there and surprise people because not a lot of people are playing them. So I like that. I like that a lot. So thank you so much for coming on the show and and talking to us about that. And uh, everybody else, uh, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate your time. And uh, we hope that you all have a great night and we will see you at the tables. Not everybody.